The Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast is a service of Kurtz Brothers Mulch and Soils. Spring and summer is mulch season, and you'll save 38% off bulk mulch at Kurtz Brothers right now when you order online at kbcolumbus.com and use the promo code KBCARES. Kurtz will give you that savings in the form of a Visa gift card, which you can then use to support small businesses in the state of Ohio. Or you can pick up your mulch in person at Kurtz Brothers' four Central Ohio locations in Dublin, Westerville, Alexandria, and just off I-71 South at Frank Road. on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Went and played golf the other day. I chipped so bad I did a three-hour lesson last night. My hands are bleeding. Are, your hands are still bleeding? From chipping. It shouldn't be that hard, should it? No, it be that much you have to be somewhat athletic, and that's one thing we know that an area that you, know, you maybe struggle a little bit with. No, uh, I'm very athletic. In fact, my instructor said I was very athletic. After I paid him four grand. <laughs> Your instructor said that? Oh, yeah, you're very athletic. Yeah. I would say that to all the students. Yeah, exactly. Racket that you're running right now. Speaking of athletics, did you know that Bruce Lee was a two-time state champion in cross country? Here we Yes. We got to get that in. So I thought if I put it in the open, maybe you it's could. better. Maybe you'd not have to mention it in show today. It's not. I don't mention it. You imply it. Then I'm. I'm forced to talk about it. Okay, very good. Uh, Yes, here we go on a Wednesday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Does a Monday holiday throw off your week? I feel like Monday's a Sunday, and then I thought I got to go to Cleveland Tuesday, and late Monday night, I'm like, wait a minute, that's tomorrow. Yeah, I know. Uh, No, I had a great weekend, by the way. A couple things. Uh, Went out to dinner. I know that um, upsets a lot of people, but Mm. actually went to a restaurant and... The Vittoria's in Powell, great Italian place, and mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, they did a great job of accommodating and falling within the guidelines, and Carrie and I sat at the bar, had dinner, talked to the bartender, said they were busy Friday night, which is good, but uh, they were applying with all the rules and guidelines, so we don't need anybody driving to Vittoria's to see if they're following the rules. Do you eat outside or eat inside? Uh, we ate inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody was six feet apart and sitting down and all that. Then on Monday, something cool happened. Uh, went to church for the first time. Wow, great, awesome! You know, the Catholic Church has mass every every, day. S- every single day, which is one of the things I think is really cool about the church is that they can do that and have done it for years on years. And but uh, talked to the uh, Father Black yesterday, who's the like lead guy, uh, lead pastor, priest out at the church and i said um Mm. you know we had to sit in some uh foldable chairs and i just was curious how the seating arrangements were so walked in there they had hand sanitizer set up before everybody Mm. i would say most probably 70 percent of the people had masks on uh every and everybody was one every four pews was occupied with space okay in between so i called father black yesterday and said well father i mean it was so great to see you and to be back and all that kind of good stuff how are we doing the the weekends what are we doing here because bigger crowd you mean oh yeah okay. i mean it's a i think there's eleven thousand parishioners Ooh. in that church now that doesn't mean eleven thousand go yeah but it seats the the sanctuary seats about a 990 people okay so the rule is he said it's well it's 50 percent capacity and so catholic church there's a there's a saturday evening mass that counts as sunday at 5 30 or mm-hmm. after four o'clock 
uh, there's a 7.30, a 9.30, and 11.30. I said, well, how are you going to sit those up to accommodate the people? And he said, well, on the Saturday and the 7.30, it's going to be one every three rows as opposed to one every four rows, ma maintaining social distancing. I said, are masks mandatory? He said, well, we, we strongly encourage that, but, you know, some people can't wear them. So, no, they're not mandatory, but we strongly encourage it. And I said, I understand that. But he said then on um, Sundays, at the 9.30 and 11.30, which are the, the peak times, mm -hmm. um, those are going to um, be every other row. Plus, they have a social hall that they'll do a mass in to, to accommodate as many people as possible. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Bruce, but like it's required that you go to mass on Sunday. I, I don't know if you knew that. I about did not it. know that. So the uh, well, I don't. I don't want to say required, but it's you know that's strongly encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's one of the disciplines. That's that, why so many they count Saturday night as Sunday. Yeah, okay. and I think it's one of the uh, disciplines of the yeah. Catholic Church or traditions, whatever you want to call it. But mm -hmm. I guess, but there's special dispensation, which means you know, like we've been watching it on TV or where people can watch it at home. And I think they're encouraging people with that are older mm -hmm. or underlying conditions, probably. You know, you, you have until September to see where we are. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, sure. So we're off to a good start. Then yesterday started the big moving process, uh, and I want to give a shout-out to Joe and AIM Movers, A-I-M Movers. They are the hardest-working dudes, man. It's funny. Uh, this guy's going up and down the steps carrying two boxes, and so I got to jump in. And, of course, the box I get starts falling, Hits the brand new wall. I slip on the steps and say that that's it. I'm done. But it, I mean, because I, I I think I can keep up. And I with can't. two artificial hips, I've just <laughs> noticed here in the basement studios of the uh, We Tackle Life podcast, stairs are not your strongest suit. No, stairs are not my strongest suit. You're right. And moving's not my strongest suit. And anybody that moves out there, I hate it. I I really I think moving is one of the worst things in the world. You because we worked. 12 hours yesterday, and it, it's like you, you don't even make a dent. <laughs> I mean, I know. <laughs> Moving and holding a garage sale are two very special punishments <laughs> for people. So that was my weekend, and I'm excited because I went to dinner, which I know was going to anger, anger a lot of people. Hopefully not. Well, um, we had a guy on Twitter that was very upset that we uh, – Yeah, we'll to get to his Matt email. Fink Finkus, and we are passing COVID on, apparently. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, but and went to church and – been out and just enjoying the summer and, and getting focused on the move. So it's been good. Uh, not all the emails are uh, angry. Many of them are well-intentioned and are uh, thankful for the COVID-19 relief, which happens every Friday here on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Get your nominations in, and I'm encouraged. We have about 10 new nominations this morning, which is great. Uh, let me read you a response from someone who uh, received COVID-19 relief. Uh, this one is from Michelle, whose uh, name we drew on Friday. She nominated someone else, and that person will get $250. Michelle says, um, I don't know, I'm having a hard time finding the correct email. Let's see here, Michelle. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, she mentions the person's name, says she deals with migraines daily. Her husband, mm. Steve, had to take on another job for her for her insurance 
due to COVID, he has limited hours of work. This will help very much. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, and God bless. Yeah, so appreciate it's, uh, that. You know, the appreciation is, you know, is real. Um, we don't do it for the appreciation. We nope. do it to help people. And so you can get your nominations in Spielman Hooley Podcast at gmail.com, Spielman Hooley Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are a service of Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys. Had breakfast with Stan yesterday. Stan extended an offer to uh, play golf with you if you are uh, up for golf. Do you play golf anymore? No. I said, I don't think Chris plays golf. He said, well, maybe lunch or whatever you guys need. But Willis Spangler Starling, that's kind of their motto, whatever you need. They are a full-service law firm. They handle workman's compensation, personal injury, estate planning, wills, you name it, they can do it. Can and I sue myself for workman's compensation? You should sue me? yourself, yes. I mean, I, Stan is a legal expert. He could help you with that. For you could sue your wife. I don't know. They'd make headlines probably. Yeah, exactly. Like for your last, working me too hard. It's too unfortunate because your last lawsuit certainly didn't make any headlines nationally, did it? But uh, we want to uh, thank Willis Spangler Starling. When you go in to meet with an attorney at Willis Spangler Starling, you'll meet with the actual attorney. And it'll be a private conversation, and you'll get to know why they are such outstanding attorneys. They are on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, and I would highly recommend you visit their website, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. All right, we have uh, a groundswell of good news on sports returning. Yes, well, you have the NHL, and Columbus may be one of 10. Columbus is one of 10 cities that is a candidate to be one of the two, what they're calling hub cities, where they'll finish the NHL regular season. We have the Ice House uh, down at yeah. Nationwide. We have Nationwide, and we have, thanks to what appears to be cooperative efforts between Ohio State and the Blue Jackets, Center. the Schottenstein Center, yes. So uh, the Jackets will play in the playoffs against the Toronto Maple 24 Leafs. teams, right? Yes, 24 teams in the playoffs. And so that's exciting. Good for our buddy Nick Felino who joined us on the podcast. You can find that. Stitcher, Speaker, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are played. Uh, Nick joined us, what, oh, two weeks ago, Friday, yeah. I think. So uh, nice for them. That's a good headline. Uh, NBA basketball is looking at a s- short uh, playoffs. They don't have it nailed down yet. I've heard a date they want to finish by September 20th mm-hmm. before the NFL season really Gets heats rolling. up. Uh, MLB can't get out of its own way. The owners and the players are fighting over money. The owners want the players <laughs> to take big pay cuts because uh, they say it's not as simple as Guy makes $10 million, you divide that by 162, the number of games, and then you multiply it by the number of games you'll actually play. They say they can't do that because they're losing money hand over fist if they don't have fans. So they want players to take progressively larger pay cuts for the more money they make. If you make, let's say you're a baseball player and you make $30 million a year, you're going to take Mm -hmm. a 77% pay cut down to $7 million. I don't know that there's, you know, a great deal of identifiability (laughs) on the part of, the general public with player salaries or owners' bank accounts. So I would suggest it's a bad look for them during a pandemic to quibble over dollars. But I understand why, if you're a player, you'd be skeptical mm. of the owners. I, I get it's the skepticism, I, but I think there's got to be some level of cooperation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have taken pay cuts yeah. for the good of the company. I got a call two months ago. Hey, Chris, well, we were asking everybody to take a, a certain amount of pay mm-hmm. cut for a certain amount of months. And I said, of course. Didn't even and, have to think about it. No. It's just no. you do it this time. Yeah. And, and, you know, and well, I was encouraged. And even though, like, my pay cut is has a little bit more significance than, say, the head of Fox Sports' mm-hmm. pay cut. But he's taking it, too. Sure. 
And and so I do think, you know, everybody's cooperating, whatever. You, uh, I, and everybody I talked to within the field that works at Fox, we all talked about it. And it was like, of course, we're going to take a, a pay cut because we're asked to and, and they need it right now. And we're there to help now. You know, they'll I'm sure I don't know if they'll make it up on the back end. I have no idea. Or if I get another contract, if they'll make it up, I have no idea. But I think. When everybody within the company does a sacrifice for the good of the company, then uh, everybody was on board. That's why I don't understand the mentality. It just makes sense. You're not playing as many games. And, of course, uh, baseball is driven by fan uh, ballpark attendance. Parking, concessions, all that that stuff. Yeah. And so I think the players have to look at it. Okay, well, yeah, we can give that up now. Maybe we can make it up in the future sometime. And I'm I, an advocate of that, um, but <laughs> there's a phrase in baseball which means something else, but at this time could mean something for the players, and that is take one for the team. If you're up there at the plate and you yeah. get hit by a pitch, they say you took one for the team. Or if you give yourself up to advance a runner or whatever, you took one for the team. Maybe the players need to take one for the team on this one. Uh, look, it's, there may not be a perfect answer. You know, they want the owners to open their books and whatever. And the owners should open their books. If you're asking people to take a big pay cut, I, I, th- yeah. I think you owe them an explanation as to why. Sure. You're asking them to depart from their contract. So I just think it's silly that they don't understand how bad this looks for both of them publicly. They need yeah, to find a way to get back play, on the field. By the way, I, I think they will. I think it's ridiculous to think that they'll have a holdout or... Don't give people a reason to learn how to live life without you. That would be my recommendation because they're looking at a lockout possibility in two years. And if they don't play this year and they lock them out in two years, a lot of people are going to figure out, you know what? I'm done with they. They struggled the last time that they had a lockout and then they had to have a steroid error to bring everybody back. So I just would think don't do that. How much is posturing by both sides? A lot. lot. I I just, I I do think they think it's a bad look and, and, Baseball, by its nature, is an individualistic sport. So there's an individualistic mindset, I think, amongst the players. The Blake Snell, I believe, was the baseball player that maybe wanted to take back some of the words he said about, I'm not playing for a lesson. Yeah. You know, I I make $25 and whatever the crazy (laughs) number of millions are, and and so it's just it's interesting the dichotomy between arguing about how many millions you're going to cut off, but you're still going to make millions. And the email that we get at the beginning of the show where somebody's so grateful for two hundred and fifty dollars yeah. to uh, alleviate some pressure, just amazing to me. Um, we want to also emphasize that not all the news is great. Appalachian State is cutting men's tennis, men's soccer men's indoor track and field. So the list of schools cutting varsity sports, primarily men, but there have been some female sports cut, mm-hmm. uh, continues. Uh, that is not good. But the good news on the college football front, Pac-12 schools have been cleared to hold on-campus workouts June 15th. And Oklahoma, where Mike Gundy took a bully approach to returning, and Lincoln Riley took a, this is crazy if you're thinking about mm-hmm. returning, Oklahoma. Not passive in a negative way, just yeah. a passive, conservative approach. Yes. July 1 in Oklahoma, they're going to get back at it. The state okay. has opened up. So um, I, think I presume G- the Sooners will be practicing uh, Lincoln Riley's hesitance notwithstanding. I think um, Gene Smith said the latest possible date for them to be ready for a season was July 6th. He wants be- to know 
by then how to schedule. Are we yeah. scheduling all league games only? Are we scheduling a full schedule? Are we lopping off the non-conference games and starting the conference in late September as opposed yeah. to starting the season September 5th? That's where he said they kind of need to know in early July so they can get the schedule figured Here's out. Here's the three questions I have about the Big Ten. And I don't know if you saw this, but one question would be Rutgers, which is, of course, in New Jersey. Yes. And Governor Murphy ruling with an iron hand in New Jersey. And, um, I mean, he's doing what he thinks is best for the state. That's fine. I don't happen to agree with it, but I'm not the governor. Correct. So what will Rutgers be doing? Gretchen Whitmer, the fine governor from Michigan, is is got a lockdown right now until June 12th with possibilities of extending it further. And Michigan president came out and said that if there's not students on campus, we're not playing Michigan. Not now, playing Michigan football. You, I don't think anybody believes that, but maybe he does. Maybe they don't. He believes it till he talks to his fundraisers who let yep. him know that if he cancels football, yeah, uh, President Schlissel. Uh, you'll have no one giving to your university. Then we'll soon be out of a job, by the way. Then we then we do a flyby of Indiana, and we land in the great state of Illinois, and where you have Northwestern and Illinois, and of course you go to Champaign, mm-hmm. and with the beautiful pig farms outside of Champaign, beautiful. which I've known that you noticed. Beautiful <laughs> pig farm. So, uh, and their governor, who uh, keeps it locked down pretty tight. When are those guys going to be able to get back in there? So those are three schools, that, or four schools, excuse me, five schools counting Michigan State. Although I don't think Michigan State, I think Michigan State's a little bit more aggressive in their return approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are five schools that we have to keep an eye on because you think of the of the governors, and, and we talk about you know that certain certain states have governors that are open more and certain states have governors that are mm, shut it down and keep it shut down keep it shut down until there's a vaccine my general prediction is that while it is not logical for people to be more upset that you're taking college football away than that there are a large number of people in nursing homes and prisons dying from covid mm-hmm if you really want to mobilize a grassroots protest against your policies as a governor, try outlawing college football in your state when other schools in your conference are playing college football. Yeah. I mean, just try it. I, mean, I invite you to try it. It will not end well for you. It just won't. And again, I'm not making a comment that college football is more important than life. Uh, I'm sure they're, well, I'm not sure, but I assume their motives are to protect uh, people in their state, and they may be well-intentioned in their efforts to do so. I'm just saying, if you want to in, inflame the public and enlarge protests, try canceling college football at Michigan, Michigan State, Illinois, Northwestern, and Rutgers when the rest of the Big Ten's playing. Yeah. I mean, that's right now. That's a possibility. I I don't see it happening, but I didn't. I don't see. Uh... Some of the decisions being made by some of the governors, I don't happen to agree with, and I don't know what they're basing it on. Mm-hmm. They're saying we follow the science and the data. Well, what science and data are you following? Yeah, because whatever point you make, there's another point. There's a counterpoint to your point. 
I feel the data is promising. I don't want to overload the podcast with a bunch of COVID no. opinions. You guys probably know where we stand right now. I'm in support of opening. Young people, uh, the numbers are promising. I'm not going to make any factual statements, but I think the numbers are promising. The numbers are different and tell a different story than we anticipated in the beginning. And I will acknowledge that a lot of our numbers are low because we've locked down and because we've done some of the drastic measures that we've done. But I'm ready to get back to it. And uh, I think college football is going to happen. I think NFL football is going to happen. Oh, NBA, MLB. The, uh, MLB may not happen, but all that's going to happen. Uh, so uh, we look forward to it happening because then we'd love to never have to ever talk about COVID or government policies or anything like that here. But we won't make you any promises because it's our podcast. We yeah. do. We, we <laughs> tackle life, not just we tackle sports. Uh, if you want to tackle a great cup of coffee in the morning, uh, you will have Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee across from you. They will roast it to your order. You can buy the beans. You can buy it in light, medium, and dark roast. You can get it in K-Cups. Spiels loves Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. And everyone it has. House blend today. Yep. We had an email from uh, our friend Herb Howenstein who nominated someone, and they won COVID-19 relief. And he thanked us, and then he said, now i got to go order some coffee. Great job, Herb. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters buying coffee direct from growers in Nicaragua, Thailand, and Indonesia. That's why it tastes so great. And it's why they're able to do great things in those markets because the growers receive more money. So it is a great ministry, a great company, and most importantly, great coffee. We're not asking you to buy something that's not fantastic. It is fantastic. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Get 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps or say, I'm a Spielman and Hooley listener. I'm going to donate my discount to COVID-19 relief and Hemisphere will add to it. They have made contributions in the past. They will again in the future. So remember the name, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Memorial Day um, almost passed without me thinking about what happened on Memorial Day 2011. And then I reflected on it, and I wrote about it for Press Pros Magazine, which is a great source, online source for Ohio State sports, high school sports. Um, Nine years ago on Memorial Day, Jim Tressel. Was out as Ohio State's football coach. And it made me think, how did that decision change the course of Ohio State football history and Big Ten football history? So I tried to look at what might have happened had Tattoo Gate not happened, which if, let's say in the summer of whatever that was, he got the email about the players and their tattoos and selling their memorabilia. If he had walked that down the hall to Gene Smith, I think it would have resulted in a four-game suspension for the players. Coach Tress would have been totally in the clear because he did what every coach mm-hmm. you know, is, is expected to do. Um, he got in deep. He tried to manage the situation, and it went bad. Um, I think he would have coached probably four or five more years. He had Terrell Pryor coming back for his senior year. Terrell ended up going in the supplemental draft because he was going to look at like a 10-game suspension. But he would have had Terrell back for his senior year. He would have had Braxton Miller locked and loaded to be his quarterback of the future. Don't you think he would have coached throughout Braxton Miller's career? Yes, I do. And he had Cardale Jones already committed to back up Braxton Miller. So I think Ohio State would have been really good in 2011 when they struggled under Luke Fickle. They lost five of their six games going into the bowl game by less than a touchdown. Tress was the master of clock management. I don't think he loses any of those games. At most, he loses one. I think they were looking at an 11-1, and 10-2 and two regular season in 2011. Yeah. And then he's off on a launching pad. Now, 
on a parallel track at that particular time. You, sir, were doing ESPN college football games with Dave Pash and Urban Meyer. Yes, I was. And I wrote in my story that Urban Meyer was itching to get back into college coaching for the 2012 season. And if Ohio State's job had not been open, Urban Meyer would have had some he would have had his cho- his choice of any job in the country that was open and one job that was also open was mm, Penn State. That's right. We were at a Penn State game. Urban Meyer had a great relationship with Joe Paterno. Mm-hmm. Um, respected the heck out of Coach Paterno. There's a lot of reason to respect Coach Paterno, and I, I get all that other stuff. I'm just saying overall. Yeah, a long Joe career. Come on, great career where a lot of his players will vouch for Joe Paterno. I've had a good relationship with Joe Paterno. I walked into his office 30 years after he recruited me, and he asked how my mom Nancy was doing, and he remembered, because I remember each recruiting visit. Wow. And he remembered the cookies she brought him in to the oh. living room, and he sat in a red chair in our living room. Well, you always remember the top I, recruits and, and get away. You know, well, maybe he does. He does. Uh, yeah. But I, I look, here's my – I think Coach Trussell would have been very, very, very successful. Mm-hmm. He might have won another national championship. Might have. Might have. Uh, I just think that has elevated has Jim Trussell – took Ohio State football mm-hmm. to a high level, I think Urban took it to a d- different level. I've because I just think he, yeah. I think Urban ex- expanded uh, the recruiting base for Ohio State. And I think he pushed his coaches and coached a little bit different than Coach Trestle. I'm not saying one way is right or one way is wrong. But what Urban was able to do and build upon what you want. I mean, Urban built upon what Jim Trestle got going here at Ohio State after he replaced Coach Cooper. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't think Urban, if it wasn't Ohio State, Urban might have ended up at Penn State. I'm not sure about that because there were some other uh, factors involved. Sure. Here with, are the other jobs that were open. And I'll tell you yes or no that I can I, – I'll that I believe he would have seriously considered or not. Ole Miss. No way. Texas A&M. Possible. Um, UCLA. That intrigued him. I believe that intrigued him, yes. Arizona. Uh, No. Arizona State. No. Really? No. Okay, so let's say that the Paterno stuff scared him off from Penn State. Uh, The following year. Would have still been rolling at Ohio State. Here are the jobs that would have been open. Auburn. No. Tennessee. No. No? Florida, Tennessee. He could have done the Rick Patino. This is just my opinion, by the way. This isn't any... This is... Cincinnati. No. Oregon. Urban and Phil Knight. Mm, Possible. Yeah. So those are the the main ones. Here's here's what, what I think. I think that... He really enjoyed working that year. We had a great time. Dave Pash and Urban Meyer and uh, myself just had a great time. And the conversations that we had rarely um, involved football. It was all about life. And it was all about what, you know, really three guys, kind of like this podcast, getting to know each other Mm -hmm. and being very open and honest 
with each other, right? About everything. I mean, that you know, that was only two years after Stephanie mm-hmm. passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, we had conversations about that. We had convers- conversations about faith. I know this. I think Urban was very pleased of where he was. I think Shelly, uh, his wife, was very concerned about Urban. And I do think that for whatever reason, that Ohio State job came open. And once that Ohio State job came open, because I saw a light in his eyes, <laughs> because I think that Ohio State job was the one job that was 100% guaranteed. Oh, it was a slam dunk. I'm back in. Yeah. And I think that was maybe a deal that he might have made with, with Shell. I don't know yeah. if he did or not, but it, it, I just know the reaction when that Ohio State job came open and when if we talked about Penn State or if we talked about Texas A&M or you talked about UCLA yeah that's cool yeah yeah you know yeah I'd have to think about that mm-hmm. but when the Ohio State job came open because if you noticed toward the end of that year somebody went missing from our broadcast <laughs> I did do I was going to mention that that all of a sudden when the Ohio State job opened Urban Meyer was no longer a part of the broadcast crew that's true and um I knew he was in because our first game, or first or second game of the season was at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. And we're doing the game, and it's the first time that he sees the band, right? Because he was always coaching. So you're in a locker room when all the stuff and all the uh, stuff happens before the game, all the traditions. I look over, man, he's crying. Right, so I know that this place meant something to him, and so when that Ohio State thing came open, and he didn't have to say a word, you could just see it. You could just see. I mean, it's it's you see that in our kids once in a while. There's just this this excitement in their look or in their eyes. You know, where it's almost where they they're looking off into space and they're envisioning themselves right. doing something, and so. I knew once the Ohio State job came open that his career at ESPN was pretty much shot. So, and now, good for him. It worked out. We can tell you the jobs that were open. We can't tell you the jobs that might have been open if Urban Meyer is available and ready to get back in because it's not out of the realm of possibility. The school might have been on the fence saying, hey, you want to call Urban Meyer and see if Urban Meyer wants a job. If Urban Meyer wants a job, we're not going to interview Urban Meyer. We're going to give Urban Meyer the job. But if Urban Meyer doesn't take the job, it's messy to fire the guy we have, and so we're not going to get rid of him. At that particular time, my friend, after the 2011 season, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish were coming off Brian Kelly's second season in South Bend, where he went for the second straight season, 8-5, and five, and he came off a loss in the Champs Sports Bowl. Yeah. If Brian Kelly's two years in at Notre Dame, and he's 16-10 and 10 with a loss in the Champs Sports Bowl, it would be messy, but Urban Meyer is Urban Meyer. I Again, I'm only saying this out of what I think he was thinking because I don't know about Notre Dame because Brian Kelly had the job. I know this. Urban is a very smart guy. Urban understands what he needs for his philosophy, for his beliefs to build a powerhouse mm-hmm. like he built at Florida and like he built at Ohio State and pretty much, quite frankly, wherever he's been. I don't know 
if Urban believed that he had all the necessary leeways mm-hmm. at a place like Notre Dame mm-hmm. to build what he wanted to build. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he could have went after some of the kids that might have been borderline, either off-field issues or maybe struggled a little bit with school, just needed an extra boost or or whatever. I don't know if, if those kids would have been able to be accepted in mm-hmm. to Notre Dame because of the academic standards. And this is well documented, this conversation about Notre Dame and the academic standards and the ability to recruit. And I know Brian Kelly has been pushing that for ever yeah. uh, uh, about cutting them some slack as far as giving guys a chance to go to school there. So you're asking me a question about Notre Dame. I think he would have been very intrigued. I think he would have looked at it. I think he would have thought about it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think he would have said no. Okay. Let me give you another one. Do you agree with that or not? Um, I do. I think he knows exactly what he needed yes. to have to win, and I think it would have been a really hard turndown for him. But I think he would have turned it down. But here's one I don't think he would have turned down, nor do I think they would have kept their coach. In 2011... The Texas Longhorns went eight and five on the heels of a five and seven season. Two years after Mac Brown went 13 and one and won the national championship with Vince Young. There were whispers at that time. Well, Vince is gone. Mac is losing it. Five and seven, eight and five. We can get rid of Mac Brown, who, by the way, ended up coaching there only two more years. Mm-hmm. We could get rid of Mac Brown and we could get Urban Meyer. Austin, Texas, good place for Shelley to live, capital of. The state of Texas, lots of money. Yep, Texas you know, Longhorns. I don't know if they had their own network then, but they were probably talking about it. I would say that Mac Brown is one of Urban's closest friends in the coaching ranks. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that would have gone down or would have gone over. Look, I, Urban, I, we're getting rid of Mac whether yeah, you well, take the job or not. I, That's well, what told I him. think that he might. He would certainly look at that if Mac gave him his blessing. I think he has he holds Mac in really high regard, mm-hmm. and I mean obviously Texas is a job that any coach would want. That's one of those jobs because the, the finances, the ability to build, the recruiting base, everything's right there in Texas. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just but I if he would have gone to Notre Dame, I think he would have turned. I think he would have a national championship. Well, they right went now. twelve and one that year. That yeah. was the Monty Teo year. So yeah. Kelly was poised. You know, I don't, I don't. No one saw that coming that year, but that was the year that launched Kelly's. You know, I think I'm the only person who thinks stay. Brian Kelly's a really good football coach. I know he gets a little angry at times, but I think he's a really good coach. Uh, another job that uh, might have been open. Uh, in 2011, the USC Trojans went 10-2 and two under Lane Kiffin. Yes, he would have looked at that. But he was fired, uh, well, he went 7-6 and six the next year in 2012. So two years in, they got Lane Kiffin there, 8-5, and 10-2. and two. They got a chance to get Urban Meyer. I don't know that they would have fired Lane Kiffin. They didn't fire him until 2013. But if Urban had stayed out in 2012 and the USC job was open in 2013, yeah. Urban Meyer is the head coach at USC, and I say that with 100% certainty. <laughs> 100%. Are you sure about that? Yes. I'm saying I'm not, I, may not be, I may not be right. Right. I'm saying with 100% certainty, he's the coach at Notre Dame in 2013 after sitting out two years. He's already had Texas call and go, yeah, you want to take Mac's job? Oh, I just can't do that to yeah. Mac. 
Notre Dame's called. Hey, we're ready to bounce Kelly. He's turned down Penn State, Texas, and Notre Dame. And Jim Tressel has it rolling at Ohio yeah. State. And they call from USC and say, Urban, USC. You tell him he's going to turn that down? No chance. I think USC and UCLA are something that he would be, that would fascinate him and interest him because he knows, first of all, his competition's what? Pac-12. Pac-12. He's going to go in there and do exactly what he did to the Big Ten. He's going to, like, burn it like (laughs) Sherman did Atlanta. Burn it down. I mean, he's going to burn it down. Well, he elevated. Jim Mora, Rich Rodriguez. I mean, he's Todd Graham. Those are the coaches in the Pac-12 at the time. We look at all the great accomplishments of Urban Meyer, and one that never gets mentioned is that him he himself now obviously he's had players and coaches but he is responsible for elevating the Big 10 without a doubt you know anybody i i, I think but he i don't think anybody ever says when you talk about the legacy of Urban Meyer i think the Big 10 as a conference if they're completely honest now we know that they're somewhat arrogant wouldn't you say the people at the Big 10 the understatement portion of the okay. podcast they're spilling. <laughs> brought to you by brought to you by our friends at auiinfo.com yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. that is the understatement of the year yes i mean i just they are a little bit arrogant i mean if you're 10. jim delaney you would i would say i would pull urban aside i i would buy him a a drink of his choice could be a diet coke could be water i don't want to promote anything bad here heaven forbid yeah <laughs> And he, and I would say, Urban, thank you, because you took the Big Ten, and by the standard that Ohio State set, it forced everybody else to catch up. Yep. And nobody's really gotten up. Nobody's gotten up. No, he's knocked them down and out, and they're administering smelling salts to the rest of the conference. And he would have done the same thing in the Pac-12. He would have I just, absolutely done the same here's thing. Here's the, the one Pac-12. thing I think he was smart about. I don't think there's any way he would have gone back into the SEC. No, that's what I think. That's why I think Tennessee and Ole Miss and all that. I don't think he would have gone back into that rat race. But he would have looked at the Pac-12 and thought, "Man, this is an easy oh, mark." Oh yeah. What about the big? He looked 12? at the Big Ten and huh. he thought that's an easy mark. Easy, you know, yeah, it's a total easy mark. Texas in a Big Twelve, I mean, please, he would have absolutely owned it there, uh, just the way AUI Info owns all questions about providing health insurance for you employees or HR services for your employees. You know, I drove to Cleveland yesterday, and I listened to a couple of uh, my favorite podcasts, and I notice on most of those podcasts now there's a company that is charging businesses $100 a month for HR services. Well, AUI Info has Julie right there on staff. She's an HR expert, and Julie's available to you when you partner with AUI to get all your questions answered about ramping your business back up, about how to deal with an employee who is uh, immunocompromised and isn't comfortable coming back into the workplace. All those compliance issues with the state of Ohio, headaches, questions here there, would you like to spend your day on hold, on a phone menu, uh, not getting a real person, not getting your questions answered, or would you rather have a real person, Chrissy, the expert on health insurance, or Julie, the expert on HR issues, from auiinfo.com. They service the entire state of Ohio. They are located in Akron. They can help you as an individual. You do not pay more. They uh, are compensated by the companies that they put you with, so you do not pay more. So it's like the ultimate freebie, and they will write your 
company manual for your employees for you when you go with auiinfo.com. And they are offering Julie's services to any small business that emails the show, throws their name in a hopper for a free Zoom session with Julie. We want to congratulate Utsi's Farm Market, which uh, is going to have a, a call with uh, Julie. And I'm sure they'll get their questions Great. answered. And so thank you. Uh, to Zach and his father, Utsis, and thank you to Steve and Chrissy and Julie and all the great people at AUI Info, a small business themselves, 17 employees. There's their flag right on the wall, auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. Boy, the arc of college football history would have changed, would it not, if Urban Meyer were at Penn State, Texas, yeah. USC. Whew. Everything uh, and... I- you Ohio know, State football would still be great. It would have been. Luke Fickle would be the head coach at Ohio State now, I believe. He would have stayed on staff with Jim Tressel. Tress could have anointed him. Yeah. Luke would have been a little bit older, a little bit more prepared. It would have been an orderly transition. I believe with all my heart, Luke would be the coach at yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't have any problem with that. Absolutely, because of the success. And Luke uh, was having success. And Luke has proved to be a competent head coach and one thing about it is that I got to see that firsthand. When I went down to UC a couple of years ago for mm-hmm. spring ball, spent the day down there and watched him practice, watched Luke work, and the coaches spent time in his office talking with him. Uh, he's He's got a bright future, but I know this. He's not going to move just to move. He's had uh, opportunities and job offers to move to quote-unquote Power 5 conferences. Mm-hmm. And he's not moving just to move. I mean, he's got a lot of kids, and he loves Cincinnati. And it's it was a great hire for Cincinnati because if I'm a school like Cincinnati or Houston, mm-hmm. then you can and you're the head coach here. You're making over a million bucks. You don't have to go just to go. Nope. He could you know? be at West Virginia, or he could be at Michigan State. There may be others, but those two were well publicized. Their courtship of Luke mm-hmm. Fickle, Michigan State settled on Mel Tucker. And I thought Luke would have done a great job at Michigan State. Yeah, I think Mel Tucker will do fine at Michigan State. Yeah, Mel's Mel. Do you know him at all? I mean, a little bit. Yeah, yep. he, he. I think he's solid. Great resume. Dude. Yeah, and NFL. And that, if I'm Mel, that's the thing I'm selling to the Michigan State guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you ready for the NFL. Question I have with every first time head coach. I have it for Kevin Stefanski. I have it for Mel Tucker. It's just a different world yeah, being a head coach. Well, he was head coach of Colorado last yeah. year. Yeah, that's true. Again, seemed to be like he was doing okay. Yes. Again, Mr. Spielman, that's Edits. the correction portion of the podcast. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to have a great weekend, but I got to sit there and monitor your Twitter for let me, edits. Let me mark that so I can delete that later. <laughs> Only the Facebook Live people will see that. <laughs> uh, well, did you tell the people again that I had to monitor? Yeah, your, what did I get wrong? Your draft year? Yes. Again? Yes. I don't know why I think of your career ending in 84. That's when it started. I think of that Rose Bowl, and I'm like, yeah, that was it. No, that wasn't That's it. The high point. That was just the start of the party. <laughs> that was the high point. That's no, why you no, think no, it. No, no, no. Uh, no, but I, you know, I really would like to focus in on moving and all that, but I can't because Gary asked me, what are you doing? Well, I got to watch Bruce. I monitor Bruce. I got to edit Bruce. If he makes a mistake, I got to correct him. Yeah. Well, there's some of that going on. How quick on am I elsewhere. to correct you? Uh, you're always... <laughs> Prompt? Willing. <laughs> Always willing. <laughs> uh, here is another gentleman who likes to uh, set me straight. Okay. Let's uh, hear this here's one. the email that I received Sunday morning. Uh, and this will get us into our faith portion of the yes. podcast. 
He says, I'm sure you get plenty of correspondence pro and con over your reaction and positions on COVID-19. I felt compelled to write you to tell you how much I enjoy you and Chris Spielman's sports banner and oftentimes controversial positions taken on sports issues. However, I must say, I'm disappointed both of you have let your political views taint the sports analysis. I won't comment on your faux religiosity. How you can support Trumpism and claim the religious high ground is at best hypocritical to base your podcast around these contradictions is confusing and disappointing. Your refusal to wear a mask in public at this time is ignorant and indicative of your worldview, which I cannot abide. So I'll not be tuning into your podcast any longer. I'm sure you could care less, and so be it. Enjoy broadcasting from your basement where you and Chris sadly belong. At least wash your hands. And he signed it. So, uh... <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, you know, hey, hey, good hey, angry, hey, angry hey, snark. Before you go, I just got to say, I used to have a hundred thousand people cheering my name in the Silver Dome. Yeah, now I used to go and, and be, you, you know, hey, let's get yeah. by the guy at dinner. Let's go. I all that right. Yeah. And now look at me, affiliate with me. I'm sitting in a basement in Wayne City, Ohio, enjoying every minute of it, though, Bruce. Yeah, but he does have a point. You two <laughs> sit in the basement. All right. So basement where you belong. So, uh, so I just responded to him and I just said, you know, that every listener's opinion is important. Um, we'd like to have him as a listener. Can't beg him. Can't, I mean, we could beg him. We're not going to podcast is a podcast. We do what we do because we feel a purpose to mm-hmm. expose the transparency of our faith and our failures and hopefully our futures, uh, serving Christ. And, um, I did say that um, if he's listened to us over the years, it shouldn't be a surprise to him <laughs> Shocker, yeah. what our worldview is and that it does, yes, I'll agree, it does filter into our sports opinions and to our world opinions because we live life through the prism of our faith in Jesus mm-hmm. and that compels us to take positions on certain things that we take. It compels us to ignore topics that a lot of sports talk hosts get into. I dare say in our time together on the air, we've never done uh, anything about the um, tired and overdone radio segments on X Magazine's 100 Hottest Women or we're going to go out this weekend and get hammered or whatever. We don't do that. We've never done it. I've brought that up in every radio job interview I've ever had. If you want somebody to do that, you don't want me, I won't do it. So that's where we are. Yeah. I mean, we've even not promoted uh, like beer commercials or or gambling, strip clubs. clubs. We've railed against that with uh, program directors who put it on our show without Mm -hmm. us knowing about it. Yeah, I mean that's that's happened to us over the years. I first of all, thank you for taking the time absolutely to email and express your concerns. I don't know what's confusing, what he finds confusing. That that's where I'm confused is why he's confused. Well, I think he, he is not a fan of Donald Trump, and so for us to support Donald Trump and claim that we live lives according to faith, he says is um, faux religiosity. Well, uh, well, I will just respectfully disagree. With your point on on that, uh, I support. I don't always like Donald Trump. I don't like some of the things he says. At times, I can't stand. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, this Twitter on, this past weekend on, is an example on of that. how on how he acts. However, uh, my belief is I'm Team America. I want our country to succeed. I want everybody in this country to succeed and so i look at the results like sports 
Uh, I may not like what the individual does at times, but I like the results of where our country was before COVID-19 hit and where our country is going to go uh, once we get out of this and where it's starting to go now as we slowly open up. So I don't base business decisions. And my vote, by the way, is a business decision. It's not a personal decision. It's all about business. What's best uh, for the country, not what's best for me. What makes the most sense for the country, for what I believe in, not based off of my feelings. I never make decisions, I, major decisions in my life, and voting is a major decision in my life. I don't make uh, those decisions based off of feelings. I look at the facts and I vote the issues and vote the type of government that I want in my life. Just like you have the right, that gentleman has the right to vote what he wants in his life. And so to be contradictory, because we voted for Trump, uh, I think the opposite. I think it's extremely consistent <laughs> on what we believe in. It is extremely consistent with what I believe in because, as I said to the gentleman in my email response, I am first and foremost a one-issue voter because of my faith. I cannot, will not, and never will support a candidate who is pro-choice, who supports abortion. Ever, never, will not happen. And so I do not have any possibilities on the Democratic side of the ticket. I have voted for the Democratic Party in past elections until they um, reverse their extreme positions mm -hmm. on the killing of innocent unborn children. I will always side with a candidate who is pro-life. And you can question, and I don't uh, question you questioning Donald Trump's authenticity of the pro-life vote. And you can say he does it for purely political reasons. I don't care. He has appointed two pro-life Supreme Court justices, and I will support him again because I hope he gets to replace a couple more with yeah. a couple more pro-life Supreme Court justices because abortion is a horrendous evil. And as Billy Graham once said, if God doesn't punish America for abortion, then he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. <laughs> I, 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 would, I will never... I mean, I'll never vote for a uh, pro-choice candidate ever. Can't I? Can't. So if you think our I have positions to, I, are not yeah. consistent, that is, I think, an extremely consistent position. Here's my my thought process: is I have to answer one day. I Amen. and I don't answer to anybody, and I'll answer and I'll stand before Jesus, and He's going to ask me, "What would you do about this?" You think he'll ask you about which economic policy you uh, supported, or uh, you know, this, that, or no. the other? I think he's going to. I think the. I think what we did to protect the innocent and the unborn. I think that's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty-three thousand abortions in the state of Ohio. Last Just year, so far this year, so far this year, so far this year, Boy. five months in. Yeah. So that's where we are. That's why we are the podcast that we are, and we know we are not for everyone. Fine. We would love to um, have the opportunity to expose our faith to you and to have you question it, bring it on. We're more than happy to articulate our positions yeah. and why our positions are our positions. The Bible says 
in several places. I try to maintain this idea. I've shared my faith on the radio in Cleveland before when we had a discussion about Jason Collins coming out of the closet. And, you know, Chris Broussard took criticism from that from my partner at the time. And he said, well, he said he's a sinner. Why would he say he's a sinner? And I'm like, well, because that's what the Bible says. And Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me before men, him will I acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Who does not acknowledge me before men, I will not acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. And Paul says, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have in Jesus. And so those two scriptures weigh on my heart and cause me to stay on the course that I am on. Yeah, call, I, compel I, I, me back to it when I inevitably get off of it from time I, I to time. I think it's important to note that you know you don't want anything. Well, I don't know. I can't speak for you. If you could talk about Jason Collin, I don't want anything bad to happen. Not to Jason at all. Collin. I want. I want Jason. Not Collin. at all. I want peace. It and just harmony. gave me an opportunity. It was a right. discussion that gave me an opportunity to explain Broussard's position because Chris and I are, you know, we share the same faith. Right. Right. And so I think you know there it's. When you, when you choose Christianity, it, unfortunately or unfortunately, you, you don't, it's it's not a, a la carte. It is not. <laughs> it is not a la carte. It's not like, yeah, you go to the restroom, or, or I'll order this, this, and this. I don't want that, that, or that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, that we can't do that. I'll take the grace and the salvation. No, hold the obedience. And, and uh, I'm not interested. And, yeah, or, or the, the corrections or the discipline yeah. that can come with being a Christian. And so uh, that's the one thing I think that, you know, people uh, sometimes misinterpret our beliefs. Like, for example, I don't know where you are in this, but if I'm going to be pro-life, and for me, pro-life means I have to be anti-death penalty. I'm anti-death penalty. Because for me, it seems somewhat hypocritical if I'm pro-life and I say, God's got this, God created this, huh? it's God's to take away. Then, I've not devoted a lot of thought to that. Offhand, I would say for some people, I think they forfeited their right to life. That's but not I would for interest, you to judge. It's though. not for me to judge, but I would have, I, you and I can have an interesting conversation about that sometime perhaps. I would love to. Yeah. I'm just telling a, you. I think your position's a very logical position. Yeah. I understand it. Uh, I've been all over the map on it. Actually, <laughs> I've listened to people who make your your case, and I go, "Yeah, that's a pretty good case. I got to agree with that." Sometimes my compassion—I don't know if it's compassion or if it's misplaced compassion—to insist upon retribution for acts that have been perfect. vengeance is mine. Yes, says right. the Lord. That's right. That's and right. Vengeance is mine, says Chris. Is not. I can't do that. And it's, don't get me wrong. I mean, I saw that video of that 20-year-old in Detroit, Michigan, mm. beating up a 75-year-old. Mm. And Horrendous. I was having this conversation and with a friend yesterday. And I said, I, I that's pure rage that I have for that human being. Mm-hmm. And I can't even watch it anymore. It's that upsetting to me. And I know that you, you know, you, you imagine somebody doing that to your mother. Oh, that's the first thing I did do. I imagine <laughs> because my mother was in a nursing home. I'm like, well, I'm grateful for Green Hills Care Center in West Liberty because I know that didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, just the rage that I had. That's why I can't be trusted. <laughs> that's why I have yeah. to give it Makes sense. to God. You know, that's, that's for me. 
It is an interesting conversation, though, because if ever there was a a a uh, a punishment for the death penalty at that particular moment, like I was so weak when I saw that, and I know there's me- underlying mental health issues, whatever the case, it, it that just so enraged me that I couldn't be trusted. That's why I have to trust God, because I can't be trusted if I were by with that person. And I just wanted to hurt that person so bad. And I've almost felt ashamed of myself because I wanted to hurt that person so bad. Then fortunately, I remember that, you know, God will take care of this. And I might not, this might not be on my time, might not be how I want to, but I have to submit Mm -hmm. and understand that God will take care of this when it's time to take care of it. And his time is better than my time, even though I think my time is better than his time. Yeah. Does that no, make, I, I, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, I, I think you and I need to have a discussion about that because that makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. I would tell you, sir, that <laughs> you might want to put this sentence in a time capsule. Christianity is not a la carte. A la carte yeah. is one of the most eloquent things I've ever heard anyone say. Not just that you've ever said. It's one of the most eloquent things I've ever heard anyone say. Okay. That explains a ton. It does. I'm going to steal that and use that as my own. What else is I'm new? I'm going to break a commandment. <laughs> no, I'm not going to steal it. I'm hey. going to steal it, but I'm going to attribute it to you. I'm going to say my friend Chris Spielman says Christianity is not Well, that's the thing that I struggle with, you know, because there's... There's many democratic issues, by the way, or positions that I believe in. I do. I I really do. Uh, I'm a big believer in in some form. Now, I know of affirmative action. Mm -hmm. Some form of it. Mm -hmm. Because I've been to school. Well, my dad coached at a school where guys aren't getting and students aren't getting the same opportunities. That others are, and but my difference is, I believe it's it's upon us to lift everybody up, yeah. Not just the government. I think government has a place, but it's upon us. And and just even this through this COVID crisis, right? And some of the kids, not many kids have Apple laptops that their school passes out to them, where they can get on Zoom calls. Yeah, a lot of inner city schools. Yeah, you know. So I mean, so there's there's certain things that I certainly believe in. In support, I, I just think of how we go about attacking the problem. Philosophically, I'm, I'm more aligned. So get your nominations in for COVID-19 relief. We'll draw four names on Friday, $250 each. We appreciate the uh, emails from people who are nominating and the emails from people who are thanking us for pulling their name. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Where are you going? We're we leaving? Yeah, we're leaving. What? Wait. We're an hour. Did you... All right. I well, I, I guess we're not yeah, allowed so, to go. No, we got to talk about. Yeah, we yeah. Gotta, I want to know how it's, how you're doing. Um, I'm taking the uh, Spielman CBD. I'm having better luck with the roll on. Well, I don't know that I would notice. It's it's a, the gotta, under yeah, the tongue thing. You got you got to. I think let it get in the, the cumulative yeah, thing. Cumulative thing. Yes. I was. Uh, many of my friends are already taking CBD oil, which I did not know. Well, get them on the uh, our get brand. Get them on your brand. Yes, our brand Spielman. Yes. You order it at. Tell the website. SpielmanCBD.com. SpielmanCBD.com. I'm not good at the teases like you are. It is from 
CBD Health Collections. Really great people. I met Rick and Ashley. Yeah, how'd really that go? Well, well, uh, we'll talk about it. All right. <laughs> uh, roll-on, soft gels, gummies. Everything, man. Uh, what do they call it in the dropper? Tinct chewer? Tincture? I call it oil. I don't know. Okay. I just drop it under the tongue. Yeah. You can get a special rate if you order like several different products. They put it in the like Spielman kit. Yeah. And you cool. get a discount on it. Uh, I was fascinated to find out that CBD uh, appeals to a part of your central nervous system that they just discovered like in the early 1990s. Really? That it there are cannabinoids in your body and that CBD oil is a cannabinoid oil. It's not hallucinogenic. I'm happy to and know it, uh, it's natural. It reduces inflammation, yeah. helps you sleep better. It helps me. Helped me last night. The roll-on night. on my neck and on my thumbs made a difference. There's no doubt it's made a difference. Okay. Better than the other, like, over-the-counter stuff you might have bought. Oh, yeah. The other stuff doesn't do anything for pain relief. Yeah. It just feels hot on your skin. Yeah. This stuff feels a little bit warm on your skin. I used the roll-on and the uh, salve last night on my hips because I was from moving all day. My hips were yeah. sore, and I was anxious. Put it on there, and I'm not. I'm not just saying this. I mean, I would not say it or put my name on a box if it didn't work. So check it out. Check it out. SpielmanCBD.com, and we'll see you all again on Friday. Get those nominations in SpielmanHooliPodcast at gmail.com. SpielmanHooliPodcast at gmail.com. Oh.